Welcome to a very special episode of Japan 2.0. I'm Matt. And this is David. And today we're going to do a live,、um, live recording of all vinyl records. We're going to be mixing vinyl records, and、um, they're all Shibuya K records. And、uh, we might as well just get right into it、uh, with the very first Shibuya K record I ever heard. Yeah, we should give a general overview. I mean, you're about ready to find out in detail what Shibuya K is. But basically, it's this、uh, movement of music in the 90s、uh, based out of, of course, Shibuya, as the name implies. And it's called Shibuya K. And K just means style. So it's like Shibuya style. And we've found out through living in Kansai and Osaka that it didn't really have that big of a movement or an impact over here. People might know it, but、uh, we talked to a number of record shop owners, and what do you say, like 50% know what we're talking about when we say that term? I, I think, yeah, they just consider it Japanese pop、yeah, music. I mean, the, the, there's some nuance to the name Shibuya K. You know, even it's Shibuya style doesn't necessarily mean music. It could mean clothing, or it was just kind of like that, that move, artistic movement at the time.、Um, some of it went pop and was like pretty mainstream.、Uh, people like Cornelius are the most notable.、Um, and a lot of it was pretty underground and obscure and kind of garagey as well. Um, so, it's an interesting mix of a lot of things. Yeah, and we're going to hear、um, lots of different styles today.、Uh, we have a lot of different records that we're going to play. And、um, yeah, hopefully, you're into this, this mix.、Uh, just to let you know, this is the first time we're recording live like this、uh, with the, the turntables and everything. So,、uh, if something's a little janky or something's a little off, You know, we're, we're working on it. You know, we're going to try to make this episode really nice. Give us a break. But there's、yeah. nothing else out there like this at all. Because trust me, we searched for years and years and years. And we're coming at it, what, 30 years too late? <laughs> yeah. Should we okay? And, it's okay.、Uh, it's time for a resurgence. You know, what is it? The 90s. So it's like 30 years. Yeah. It's、mm. time for, to bring Shibuya K back. And、uh, this is where it's going to start. Yep. We're going to be the catalyst. Um, so, I, I think Matt and I both knew Shibuya K music without that label or, or genre. And、uh, I think both of us it started with Chibamato, and we didn't really realize what it was. I guess when I would have heard it, I would have said it was like Japanese punk, <laughs> like <laughs> abrasive punk or something. But there's a lot more to it than punk.、Uh, the production of it is what makes it more interesting, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think. A lot of people from the States heard Chibo Mato on either movies or compilations. or、uh, You probably heard Pizzicato 5 as well because they had a song in Futurama. And there's people, a couple of. I think people, some people will know the name Chibo Mato if they're into music or into Japan. But I don't think people would know Pizzicato in the States. you know,、um, Unless you might know that song. Even my wife knows it and she doesn't, she's not into Japanese music at all.、Um, but. I think Chibamato is probably the most recognized. And how did you first hear Chibamato?、Uh, well, my friend and I we used to take、um, these long drives. We lived far from Los Angeles at the time. We lived in the California desert. So it was about a two hour drive. And I remember one day he brought the CD and he said,、um, There was this girl that, I, I mean, all of our friends we kind of had crushes on. And,、um, and somebody was over at her house and they, she was like, Oh, I like this band. And Chibamato came on and this song. Came on, and so he was really excited to you know, tell me about it. And,、um, and then, as soon as I heard it, as soon as we got、uh, to Ontario, which is an area that has this big mall and it had a Virgin Mega Store, which was like a big record shop and re records, but mostly CDs. And I went and I bought the CD immediately. 
<laughs> cool. Mine was on a video game soundtrack called Jet Set Radio and it's a song called Birthday Cake. And that whole soundtrack's awesome and very inspirational for us. And that was like my second exposure to Shibuya K. Um, I knew the name Shiba Model before, but I never really heard their music. And uh, that was probably the craziest song on there. You know, like my mom would like tell me to turn on the TV when that song came on. <laughs> Just because it, it kind of, I guess, to an outsider, sounds like fingernails on a chalkboard or something. Some of the vocals. <laughs> well, their vocals can be abrasive and their sound is very like garage. Yeah. That song in particular is probably their most uh, in your face song. And uh, I guess I like it for that reason. Um, and there's not quite anything else like it to this day. And it just it gets me jumping. It gets me energetic. Well, I'm sure people are ready to, to listen to some. So let's get into the music. And when we come back, we'll talk more about um, Chibo Mato and our, and journey, our journey through Shibuya K. Okay, I hope you enjoy it. One 
All right, well, that was the first part of our set. Um, we're back. <laughs> so we started off with Know Your Chicken by Chibo Mato, and the second song was by Kaseki Cider, and that was called um, Windbreaker. And the last song was Raise Your Hands Together by Cornelius. And if you didn't get the song was called Raise Your Hands Together, uh, yeah, you're going to have to um, get yours checked, I guess. Well, those are some pretty pivotal people for us, right? Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, Chibo Mata was the first um, of the Shibuya K music I ever heard. And I think um, after listening to it, it was, had such a big impact on me. I did try to seek out some other Japanese artists, but, you know, at the time, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really... A lot of times you said before, it's labeled under J-pop, right? But it's not at all pop, so because of that label, I was searching like J-pop at the time, and I was getting stuff this time I was past the Shibuya K movement, so it would have been like 2000, and all the stuff that was coming out wasn't horrible, it's not as bad as like uh, AKB48 or something today, but it was not at all similar to Chibo Mato, and I just left disappointed and kind of felt like you have to be searching in Japanese, you know, using English or something, but um, yeah, I could never really find another group like Chibo Mato right away. I think the culture around the music at the time, especially through video games, really like for example, like these days, like I'm kind of new to a lot of these acts and Shibuya K groups because, um, like I said, I'm buying them now. I'm buying all these records now, and um, I didn't have a chance to buy them before, but I knew this music was out there, and it's because of the music that was coming out of Japanese video games, and that's my favorite genre of video game. So, um, games like, I mean, the Persona series, Jet uh, Set Radio. Uh, even to a lesser extent, Parappa um, the Rapper. It kind of, I knew that there, like something was going on in Japan where the music was crazy, the music was wild. A lot of the Beat Mania games, like in arcades we had um, a Beat Mania from Konami, Konami and they had like Japanese pop songs on there. And so I knew there was a lot of this kind of music out there. I just didn't know how to go about finding it yet. Well, for me it was about eight years later that I actually found it. So in about 2008, uh, I had a roommate from Korea. He taught me the term Shibuya and he showed me the Fantastic Classic Machine. And it's actually a song with Ugly Duck in the first production of them. They're a California production. And I honestly think it was the Ugly Duckling, Duckling vocals that kind of sold me because I like hip hop a lot. And I wasn't crazy actually about the music at first. It was a little too bossa nova-y for me. And that to me was like one of my least favorite genres. And I think it was just those hip-hop vocals that I kept listening to it, and it kind of got me comfortable with also the sound. And I stuck with it and looked up Fantastic Classic and more. Uh, he's, he's one of the staples of Shibuya K. Uh, he's not like one of my favorites. He's a bit hit or miss. We're going to hear one from my one? Oh, Awesome, I'm glad, glad I'm bringing it up. That was the only second time I heard that genre. And there's Chibo Mato and Fantastic Classic Machine are so, so different, which brings us to a main point, I guess, which is Shibuya K. The label is uh, all-encompassing. Like, I guess it's more of a mindset, just kind of like an anti-what's current at the time that made it what it was. Um, it's hip-hop, it's punk, it's Boston, it's French, it's jazz. So how can you put all that into one genre? Yeah, it just all goes against the grain. Is that what you would say? I, I mean, I, I kind of equate it to um, hip-hop in a way where when hip-hop was coming up, it was all types music 
um, just interpreted in a different way, right? And I think Shibuya K can be summed up the same way. It is all types of music just interpreted in totally different ways.、Um, and I, I'm sure your set's gonna show us that there's like different types. So you wanna get set up? I hope you've been enjoying this very special episode of Japan 2.0. David is setting up his record. <laughs> I know, I know. But I want to talk. I want to talk to all of our listeners out there. Thank you for listening.、Um, you could subscribe to us at Japan 2.0, iTunes. You could leave a, a review, and we'd really appreciate it. If you like this episode,、um, yeah, we've been getting a lot of reviews from people, and、uh, people have been、uh, contacting us on.、Um, Instagram a lot, Twitter. So thanks to everybody who's been giving us a shout out. We really appreciate it. All right, let's let David get into the set. I'm not going to be able to do it.
すのしないからさ共済を抱くがいいよ抱きかかえせ拍子に夢を見る今日日を開くないようそしてこうして認められてゆく
Oh yeah. Welcome back to Japan 2.0, Doki Doki Radio, Volume 1. Please expect many, many more. Um, you were just hearing the sweet sounds of the Pop-Tarts, Girly Pop. And that comes from a compilation I like. And I want to take this moment to kind of talk about the Shibuya K compilations. Um, I would say generally, with all other genres of music I like, I would never get really into a compilation. I, I don't know, I guess something about it feels just a little softer. I like the like story of an album and it's a whole piece and one song from that. But it should be okay. I really love compilations. I guess it's just a great way to learn about other artists because it is kind of this enigma to us. It's hard to find new bands. Um, the compilations are great. Um, a lot of bang for your buck when it comes to records. They usually have a lot of cool production in the actual vinyl. So they're cool colors, they come with cool prints. How do you feel about the Shibuya compilations, Matt? Well, I also think that um, a lot of their music is sing- it's just singles. So sometimes they might not even have their song on the, on the record. So um, getting the, that actual song, um, it, whether it's on a compilation or on their actual album, um, it just feels like it kind of belongs. And it seems like there's been good curation. Um, there's two. Uh, there's a series called Sushi Two Thousand, Sushi Three Thousand, and there's Four Thousand and Four. Four Thousand and Four, yeah. And those sushi compilations are really great. Um, you have four? I have both. Yeah, I have both. I bought out Tokyo. I didn't buy it. And then, but the best ones are the Trattoria ones, which I don't know if this is the time to yeah, talk about Trattoria. All right. Well, it's the time to talk about Trattoria, but um, also about the colored vinyl. Colored vinyl. Um, you could get. I mean, uh, Chitoria was known for doing these compilations called um, Bend It Japan, and it was all about soccer. Because uh, during the maybe 2005 or something, there was a big soccer. I think it was 2002 or, or 98, 98 or 2002. It was in Japan. And Korea, yeah, so it was a huge deal for everybody, and they'd come out with these compilations. Escalator Records came out with the compilation, and Chitoria came out with these compilations. And um, the, the best one was Bend It um, 98, yeah. Bend It 98 was this green, beautiful green vinyl. It's got a ton of great songs on it. Um, I learned about it from through uh, Coloco Mixa Stripes, a citrus song that I, I had to have. And uh, I knew it was on that compilation. And that was one of the first records I bought, Japanese records I bought when I came to Japan. So we're running into many huge topics here, but citrus is a key point for both of us and we're, we're not playing them today um we've played them on our podcast before so go back and listen to our podcast and find stripes. but i think would you agree citrus is kind of what made both of us obsessed and should be okay uh yeah and i mean it goes back to that podcast we used to listen to uh, neo-japanese and uh they had a really great episode on the band citrus and i recommend trying to track that down if you can yeah, still Basically, it's just a story of hunting down something obscure and being obsessed with something. Yes, you love it, but also for the sake of the hunt. And that's kind of the tradition that should be okay around here. I, I knew I wanted to get into it, but that was the gateway, right? Like, I, I, it was a very obscure band. I, I visited Japan once when I was living in Korea, and I was tracking down. I really wanted to track down this compilation that they put out, right? Citrus put out. Um, I, I, 
we gotta play something from Citrus. I'm gonna play something from Citrus next, so I'll get that queued up right now. Um, I have something to profess and confess right now, which is I'm gonna take the credit for being when it should be okay first, a little bit of format. We both liked it, but I was feeling much stronger about it, I think, when we were living in Korea before we came to Japan. Um, I listened to that Citrus episode on Neo Japanism, and then I got Matt to listen to it. It wasn't until I think Matt's moved out here, he's totally overtaken my love for Shibuya K. Now he now he's the real the real Shibuya K head. Well I've been I've been a record collector for a lot longer, so <laughs> I think I, I probably spend a lot more money than you do on records. It takes a ton of work. I've I've reverted to I have a son now and I, I don't get to go out record shopping that much and uh, I just wanna go find stuff that I know, you know, or the Shibuya K you gotta go sit through and listen to it or maybe just guess based on the album artwork and there's a lot of risk there and I've turned away from taking that risk sometimes um, but anytime I get a cool record you know Matt's already got it or he'll find it like the next day and I thought it was such a cool find which literally just happened um, but Citrus you're gonna play some Citrus? Yeah. Awesome.
Fantastic Cat. One of the all-time best Shibuya K tracks right there. Coming at you live on Japan 2.0. Yeah, and that set, um, that set we started off with uh, Citrus, a song called Rhythm Waves. The second was from a band which I've been really into lately. They're called um, Quip Phone. And the song's name is Ultra Mustache. And they're a funny group because they kind of... They do the bossa nova thing and a whole bunch of um, uh, really sample heavy, high production value um, production, really. I mean, they're in pretty incredible group. Um, and the last song there was Fantastic Cat by Takako Minekawa. Yeah, uh, she's really uh, popular. Yeah. yeah, she is very important. Um, Cornelius uh, is one of the main guys who started Shibuya K. Um, he uh, was in a group called Flipper's Guitar, which was probably the, I would say, the origin of Shibuya K. Um, and uh, he, all of the groups that are kind of surrounded by him, um, including uh, Takako, uh, I mean, they've all been big Shibuya K acts. Um, I would say that Cornelius and um, Konishi, the Pizzicato 5 producer, um, is probably two of the most important people in Shibuya K. Uh, and you kind of see their name on almost every record. Yeah, yeah, for sure, that's right. They're two of the big godfathers, for sure. Um, Pizzicato has a lot more music out there under their name. Or Cornelius is kind of like, he has a lot of remixes, and because he owns his own label, right? Do you know if ReadyMade is the physical uh, label? Do they own that? Or so, yeah, Konishi is uh, the guy who's like, he does all the remixes, all the ReadyMade, anything that's tied to ReadyMade records. Uh, it all goes back to that guy. Is he the one you met? Yeah, so I saw him DJ in Tokyo um, last year, and he was incredible. I mean, he was... Um, I would compare him to somebody like African Bombada, where they're masters of records. They actually bring tons of records. They never slip up. They just play like one record after the next. Just incredible sets. I saw, I saw Bombada as well, and his set was just one record after another. And Konishi's the same way. He just goes goes into it. And the funny thing about Shibuya K, if you go to see like a Shibuya K club, is they don't actually play a lot of Shibuya K music. Well, yeah, it's a pretty limiting it's, genre. So most of it is like 60s um, soul music and then maybe like some uh, surf music or some swing music. It is pop vocals and kind of really pop vocals. Yeah, yeah, they like like female vocalists, you know, a lot of soul singers. And um, they play those in, it's kind of like they're remixing them as a Shibuya style, you know. Um, or, or it's modern music that's been inspired by Shibuya as well. Yeah, and Shibuya K really takes a lot of influence from um, uh, 60s French music, like French pop music and psychedelic and folk music. Um, yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't know how that happened, but you, if you see, like, if you look at the record covers and stuff, you wouldn't know that these records were from the 90s. You would think they were from, like, the 60s, you know? Japan's pretty famous for doing that across all things, food or fashion. I mean, they take things from other countries and they kind of make them their own a lot of times in terms of, like, media or consumption. They don't start from scratch, you know? 
what I think's a little bit unique about Shibuya K though is they took um, French style. Usually they're a little bit ahead of the curve, you know, like they're looking ahead at like what America's planning on doing or, or what um, you know UK or what they're doing in London, right? As far as like fashion, I think it's ahead because there's a back and forth. Like they take it from America and then they do their own thing with it, and then ironically, in that country that they took it from, it becomes popular there. Right, and then it goes back there. It's like this big ball back and forth. Yeah, in a way, I guess that is a little towards the future. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why you could once again can compare Shibuya to like hip hop in a lot of ways because it is about you know the fashion, it is about the art it's surrounding it's it. It's about the it's a, it's a whole movement, just like you have a, a DJ graffiti and break dancing, right? I'll go with hip hop. Yeah, yeah, it's like all elements of all style, you know. I wanted to. I missed two artists on my last one. I wanted to go back to oh, yeah, my yeah. last set. We're still into talking about the compilations and citrus. But uh, one was Tokyo Soul Set, um, Tokyo Number One Soul Set, and they're a very, very important Shibuya K group. I don't know a whole bunch about their backstory or anything. There's two kind of notable albums by them. Uh, the one I like, just maybe because I know it better, is uh, Nine <laughs> and Nine Ninths. Is that ten? <laughs> I guess. And yeah, it's called 99 Nights, and Matt likes one called Triple Barrel. Yeah, it's a great album. And um, Tokyo Number One Soul Set is one of the earliest groups as well, and their their kind of style, I think, influenced a lot of different artists. Yeah, and I knew them from Shada La Pa SDP. Um, awesome, awesome hip hop group. They're part of the uh, the Shibuya K movement too, but um, we do plan to do a hip hop episode in the future. So I was kind of hoping to save them for the hip hop episode. Yeah, I was thinking of bringing some of their records as well, um, but for the same reason, I decided to leave them out. They're, they're my favorite Japanese musician artist. Um, so they're awesome. We'll, we'll talk about them a lot later. But anyway, the whole point is that Tokyo Number One Soul Set, they do some songs together. And that's how I first heard them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. It's common to hear like people rapping and a lot of like like sampling and stuff, and I think that's what really drew me to um, Shibuya K in the first place was the sample-based music. You know, lots of loops, lots of um, uh, obscure like rock samples and soul samples, scratching on top of like non-hip-hop stuff. You know, that makes it yeah cool. Exactly, and like these days, hip-hop isn't that way anymore. That you don't get like hip-hop with scratching and. and turntablism it reminds me of the dust brothers a lot and i don't know who was inspired by who again you know i would imagine the dust brothers are first but i don't know i mean konishi was one of the first guys from pizzicato 5 to bring like a lot of sampling into the music and um and he started that in his early the early pizzicato days which is pretty impressive and um i think he was inspired by this guy simon harris who did like house records and like break records and stuff I had a few of his his records um, as I was coming up, but he's done like a tribute to him, and so I, I imagine like that cut and paste style, especially if you listen to early Pizzicato, um, you could really hear it. You know, it's like funky drummer by James Brown looped, you know, with like trumpets from like a French psych record. It's, you know, it's really like uh, I mean, it's that cut and paste. I also heard that um, De La Soul's first album was a big influence on on. Yeah, and they have a Japanese connection. Uh, SDPU, I was talking about before, they've been on uh, De La Soul tracks, and De La Soul has a big Japan following, and there's definitely a connection there. 
Um, the song that came after that was by a group I really know nothing about, to be honest, but that's kind of the Shibuya K love, is you just find these records, and there's not a lot of history behind some of these artists, and they're kind of just these one-offs, but they're some of my favorite songs, and the, the cover of this one says Super Moko Ultra Beaver and Olive. <laughs> Ultra Beaver and Olive, and the reason I picked up this one was the time was right. Uh, I looked back on the back of the vinyl, and I saw it was made in '99. Uh, and it was on Orange Records, which I learned by Matt. Maybe a lot of Shibuya K sound stuff out of Osaka, though, which is our home turf. So I thought that was cool. And the cover reminded me of that classic jet set radio. It has a kind of, yeah, Frenchy artist vibe once again. So that's the story behind those. We're about ready to launch into another set. And we're going to get into one of the huge staples of Shibuya K. Again, these people might rival Shibuya K, actually, for most popular in the U.S., that's Buffalo Daughter. Um, I actually hadn't heard of them until, again, about Korea, when we lived out in Korea. And Buffalo Daughter is pretty hit or miss. I had heard this album and heard like the first three tracks and thought, oh, they're my new, they're gonna be like my new favorite, they're awesome. And then the rest of this album kind of dies off after uh, the A-side. And, um, but yeah, this album is pretty legendary. It's called New Rock, and a lot of people back in New York know it, like Matador Records, who, Citrus was signed to. They were big on that label. You mean Pizzicato? Pizzicato and Chibomato. We're on Matador. And, no, I don't believe so. Um, Citrus has only had like limited releases, all all on different labels. I think I'd heard that their their um, shop in New York or something sold, sold Citrus. Or that guy in that podcast was saying that he found their stuff out there. But yeah, Matador is an important. Um, company because they did release a bunch of Shibuya K records and um, Buffalo's Daughter, I've, I've heard of them before because of um, Grand Royal. I was a big fan of the Beastie Boys and they were on the Beastie Boys label and um, I had listened to some of their stuff but uh, I had never really gotten into it although David he shared some um, Buffalo Daughter with me and uh, yeah I've come to like appreciate their sound. All right, so David's going to get ready for this his second set. Um, I hope you've been enjoying this episode. You know, please send us feedback. If you uh, want to hear more episodes like this, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Um, if there's anything you'd like to ask us about our episodes or something about Japan, please contact us. Uh, we're on Twitter at Japan 2.0. We're on Instagram at Japan 2.0. And our blogspot page is japan2.0 at blogspot.net. WordPress. WordPress. Ah, I, I always get that wrong. All right. Well, we have to have a bunch of flub ups. I told you guys at the beginning that we were going to, um, this might be a train wreck. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, David. Get ready for some socks, drugs, and rock and roll. All right. Centimeter circle of perfect liberty. That's all we given equally on the road. You can do anything in the perfect circle. In the perfect.
circle. That's a challenge for human limitation. Drugs and rock and roll.
G.O.D. Matt? Uh, who, who's dying for what? <laughs> I think you better go through your track list so people know <laughs> what that crazy music was. Yes, yes. Alright, uh, well I introduced Buffalo Daughter and that's where we went. Uh, that one was on Grand Royal, as Matt said, the Classic Beastie Boys label. And then we went to the staple of Shooter K, who talked about Pizzicato 5 and the track with an awesome name of Ice Cream Melting Mellow. That was actually a remix, and uh, that was a recent pickup for me on my trip to Tokyo. Awesome, as we always talk about, uh, format and production, a 10-inch clear vinyl, and the stickers, even though this came out 15 years ago, even more, uh, 18 years ago, and it still had like the original stickers and stuff in it. Yeah. So, uh, awesome stuff there from Pizzicato 5. And then we finished off with a uh, pretty rare cut 
uh, Major Force that we're about ready to talk about, and they're called the Orchids. And that had a Major Force compilation, and there's a song title on that on YouTube that I really, really like. The Orchids, you know, like this one off. And I thought, man, I gotta know more about that group. And I researched them a ton and saw they had some stuff out there. Which was only recently that I finally found a single by them. And it was called Flower Power, of course. <laughs> and I really like the lyrics to that. It kind of reminds me of Chibo Model, but more of a hip hop vibe. Of course, because they're on Major Force. Tell us about Major Force, Matt. Yeah, so if you were listening to the background um, music that we've been doing the whole episode, that's all been off of Major Force compilations. Um, <laughs> yeah, that during their talking part. So um, one of the Major Force compilations is called um, Major Force West. Um, there's a guy on Major Force, his name's Kudo, and he does a lot of the production, like a lot of these down-tempo kind of groovy, groovy songs. Um, but there are also this Hiroshi Fujiwara is like, and he's another famous like Shibuya K all-star. He started as a musician, but he's more famous now, definitely because of fashion. Furuhara, like Factory Nohara Shuku guys. Um, he told um, Nigo to start Babe. If you don't know Babe, it's like a clothing company that has a Basically, he did that a lot of people, and uh, they've become like, more efficient things than him. He kind of just stays quiet, which is really awesome. But yeah, if, if anyone in the know knows that he's he's actually like the man. Uh, we've been the fan for a lot of cool stuff we like out of Tokyo, specifically Harajuku. Major, major Forest Productions. Yeah, like I mean, that's all the and if you're big you know, in the music and in the records, they were teamed up with a uh, European record label that kind of made them big in the West. I'm trying to remember the name. Maybe Matt knows. Moax. Moax. There you go, yeah. And that's kind of how we got to know them from if you weren't over in Japan. Great export goes out. Pretty expensive, though. Um, maybe it's the pound of US dollar or something. But So it's pretty cool to be out here and find them all on the cheap. I've been at Extra Large before, which is a cool streetwear fashion company, and they have like four major force clothing lines and stuff. And I regret not picking it up. But yeah, Major Force is like the hip hop uh, record label to get with and to know. Um, some of our favorite STP tracks, uh, Game Boys, the video game one, I put out the Major Force as well. Very simple logo. Doesn't really make them seem as awesome as they are. I think they're great. Yeah, I actually knew about Major Force for a long time because um, I used to DJ for um, B-Boys, like break dancing, and I used to do house parties and stuff. And, um, and uh, they, a bunch of Major Force records were B-Boy records, you know, like breaks and stuff. And uh, Cut Chemist, one of my favorite producers from um, the band Jurassic 5, or the hip-hop group Jurassic 5, uh, he actually released a, a remix of one of their songs on Major Force, and that's how I, I really found out about that label. And there was a bunch of stuff, I mean, that came out on Major Force that you could buy in the States and through Moax. And, um, and yeah, I don't know, it's just a really cool record company, and any of those compilations are worth um, picking up if you like down tempo, trip hop, you know, kind of cuts. Well, we're about ready to send everyone off here with a final track. And I kind of just want to say about Shibuya K, if, if you're interested in like the underground or you think Japanese pop sucks, like a lot of people, um, definitely get into Shibuya K. 
And it's not easy. Again, if you listen to four should be okay songs and you don't like it, that's probably pretty normal. Um, me, honestly, I probably like one in 10. And if you're the kind of person that's all right to do that, and it makes you like appreciate the sweet more when you have to experience a lot of sour, then you'll love Shibuya K. It takes a bit of work, but the payoff is really awesome. Yeah, there's some really interesting things that these artists have done. And um, I mean, I think you can't go wrong with like some of the major acts, uh, Pizzicato 5, Cornelius, um, Fantastic Plastic Machine, uh, Mansfield. There's a bunch of other guys we didn't even talk about. Mansfield is one of them. Uh, and um, I mean, there's tons, uh, STP, uh, I can't think of any. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> blanking out. But you know, there, there's a lot out there. It kind of died out with the 2000s, the Shibuya K movement. And like we said before, some modern artists pay homage or they have like Shibuya K production or sounds. Uh, recently, Beams just put out a commercial that was really cool, throwback uh, to a lot of things, including Shibuya K. But yeah, it's not like modern music, although we're, we're hoping it has a revival and comeback. All things 90s seem to be pretty cool here in Japan right now. Uh, coming out from Tokyo, everyone, the girls are all just like clueless. They look straight up like clueless. Grays, grays are all over it. Grays are a big part of the Shibuya K movement. And I couldn't help but think, like, all right, are here. Uh, Shibuya K comes next. Fantastic classic machine, Welcome the second Shibuya K song I ever heard. That's gonna bring it in for us here. I've never heard this track, so I'm quite excited to listen to it with all of you. Uh, anyway, stay tuned and tune in to Japan 2.0. Yeah, if you like this, um, please subscribe on iTunes. Um, please check out everything else we have going on on the in the, in the internet. You know, so please uh, go to our Facebook Japan 2.0. Our Twitter, Japan 2.0, Instagram, Japan 2.0, and Japan 2.0 at WordPress.net. All that matters is the ending. Is it WordPress.net, right? Dot com. But Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, this is uh, Radio uh, Doki Doki. Well, and well. get ready for more in your future. Welcome to the fantastic plastic world. This is the Recycle Aventure.
This is Recycled Aventure. This is the Recycled Aventure.
angst and anticipation, lingering and decision, past and future, Honolulu, Calcutta. <laughs>